This week, I'm going to be talking about how to take on projects as a freelancer, even if you don't know what you're doing. It's going to be a lot of fun. Are you ready? Let's go. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Self-Made Web Designer Podcast. It's always fun to put emphasis on a different word whenever I'm saying this. The Self-Made Web Designer Podcast. The Self-Made Web Designer Podcast. Okay, that's enough. Hey, I'm excited that you are here because this week we are talking about what to do when you don't know what to do. And a lot of times as a freelancer, you are faced with projects that are outside the scope of what you are knowledgeable in. They are outside of your comfort zone. And so if by default, you are always saying no to those types of projects, you might be passing up a lot of great opportunities. I love what Richard Branson said from The Virgin Group. He said, if somebody offers you an amazing opportunity, but you're not sure you can do it, say yes, and then learn how to do it later. This was the attitude that I took as a freelancer when I first got started, and I'm still doing this kind of stuff today. And it has served me well, but it hasn't been without its pitfalls. So we're gonna dive into it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you some personal stories, some stuff where I totally went for it and I fell flat on my face, and some stories of projects that I took on where I went for it and it came out amazing. And so I hope that you learn a lot from this episode. But before we dive in, I got to ask, have you subscribed to the Self-Made Web Designer Podcast? Have you left us a comment, a rating, or a review? I got to say, I've seen a lot of comments and ratings come in lately, and I'm so thankful for you who have done that out there. It just, it makes me feel all warm and fuzzy on the inside. So you are awesome. And if you haven't done that yet, I want to encourage you to, because it can help other people just like you find this podcast and be encouraged to go after stuff that they aren't 100% confident in themselves. And who knows? They might be the next self-made web designer having a podcast telling you about how they did it themselves. So go ahead, take a second and do that. All right. Are you ready to dive in to how to fake it until you make it as a web designer? All right, let's go. I remember back in the early days when I was just beginning to freelance as a web designer, I had this idea that the more knowledgeable I got, the, the further I went as a web designer and a freelancer, the more I would just be able to look at a project and know exactly how to do absolutely everything that needed to be done to make that project a success. But what happened was the more and more I went along, the more I realized that every single project that I took on had quite a bit of stuff that I didn't know what I was doing at all. Like I, I had to Google myself out of a lot of holes. And here's another secret about what it is that we do as web developers or designers and freelancers. That never really changes no matter how long you've been doing this stuff. So for instance, I figured once I was hired at a company that had a lot of seasoned developers or designers, 
they would just know what to do in every single scenario. And I would just be able to come to them with a problem. They would go, ah, I know what's going on here. And they would give me the exact solution that I needed. But what I found was that even senior level web developers or web designers were doing the same things that I was doing as a beginner. They were coming to a project, trying some stuff out, realizing that it wasn't working the way that they thought it would. And then they went to Google and would try to figure it out. They would problem solve. They would try a solution and then see if that worked. And then it didn't. And so then they'd try another solution and they'd see if that worked. And then they would Google a phrase maybe a little bit differently to see if a better answer came to the top of their search results. So the point is, is that there is no one out there that has all of this stuff figured out. There's no one out there who is just coding 90 million lines of code a minute, right? They're not just tapping the keyboards over and over and over again. No, it's it's a lot of problem solving. I once heard it said that sometimes progress is getting a different error. <laughs> and that has been true for me and true for a lot of people that I know, no matter what level of seniority that they have. So I, I just want to take a second and I want to encourage you. No matter how inadequate you feel about your abilities right now, you can't let it hold you back. Don't let it keep you from going for opportunities that you don't necessarily feel qualified for. And listen, I get how scary it can be going for something where you're not 100% sure about being able to do it. Like I've literally had anxiety attacks after saying yes to projects that I didn't feel 100% confident about. But there are some things that I have learned along the way that I found to be really helpful when it comes to faking it till you make it as a web designer so that you can take on those projects that you don't necessarily feel like you're going to knock it out of the park and still come out of the other side with a successful project and a happy client who refers you to other people. So how do you do it? Let's talk about it. Number one. You've got to determine your own risk aversion. Before we dive in too deep, let's, let's clarify some things, okay? I realize that everyone has limits. There are things that you just won't be able to figure out no matter how much you try to convince yourself. So this is not a mind over matter speech where you are actualizing or manifesting things. No, like I get it. And I've come in to situations where this has happened to me before. I've said yes to stuff and then had to go back to the client and say, listen, I am really sorry but I just can't figure this out. And so I'm not telling you to say yes, no matter what it is that you are feeling. But I'm not telling you to say no, even if you feel a little bit nervous about the project that you are about to take on. The truth is that most web designers that I have talked to have a pretty good understanding of what their limitations are. Instead, they, they don't need somebody 
to tell them to kind of pull back and stop saying yes. They need somebody to say, you know what, despite your limitations, I think you can figure this out and you should go for it. So how do you know if a project is too much for you to take on? How do you know if it's too much beyond what it is that you're capable of doing? And this is where something called risk aversion comes into play. Risk aversion is a phrase that's used in economics and finance a lot. People who have a high level of risk aversion are more likely to go for something that's a sure thing, even if it has a really low payoff. On the other hand, people who have a really low level of risk aversion, those folks are willing to assume a lot of risks, even if the outcome isn't guaranteed because the payoff is really good. So let's say we're at a horse race, okay? We're, we're betting on the ponies, all right? Do you, A, bet on the horse that is most likely to win even if you don't make a lot of money? Or do you, B, bet on the horse that doesn't have a huge chance of winning but will earn you a lot of money? Plus, you got a really hot tip from your Uncle Jim, okay? And he's told you this pony is up for a win. He is due. So if you chose A, then you have a high level of risk aversion. That means that you you avoid risk, like you hate it. It makes you churn on the inside. If you chose B, you have a low level of risk aversion. That means you are a risk taker. So bringing it back to the web design world, if you only take on projects that you absolutely know you will crush and do a good job at, you've got a high level of risk aversion. On the other hand, if you take on jobs that you have absolutely no clue what you're doing, like on the regular, you, my friend, are very low in risk aversion levels. And the reality is that you probably fall somewhere in between those two examples. But the reason it's important to know where you fall is that if you have a low level of risk aversion and you take on really risky projects, it will likely be really hard for you to do well no matter how hard you try. So here's what happens when you take on projects that are just way outside the levels of your own personal risk aversion. What happens is you get so nervous and so afraid that your brain actually starts to shut down and you're not able to problem solve the way that you normally would. That means that no matter how hard you try, you're just not gonna be able to figure it out. So the first step is figuring out how uncomfortable with uncertainty you are as a freelancer. But please hear me out on this. This is a big caveat, okay? This is a big and or but, all right? This is not me giving you permission to back down on a project just because it's outside of your comfort zone, just because it scares you. I have taken on so many projects that have scared me out of my mind, and yet I've been able to come to the other side having done a good job. And, it, and if I would have rejected all the things that did scare me, I wouldn't be where I am now. I wouldn't be a web designer. I certainly wouldn't have a podcast trying to teach you what I have learned from all the things that I have failed at. No, that's not what this is. I'm not trying to let you off the hook at this. I'm just trying to help you be realistic 
and what you are saying yes to so that you don't walk in blindly to a project that is way above your head. The indicator should not be, am I afraid of taking on this project? The indicator is to look at it logically and say, is this just enough past my understanding and my skill level that I can kind of fill in the gaps with a few other things? So my encouragement to you is to take on projects that make you just a little bit uncomfortable, just a little bit nervous. They're a little bit past your comfort level. They're a little bit past that level of risk aversion that you are used to saying yes to. And once you do that, to figure it out as things go along. So number one, figure out your own level of risk aversion. Number two, be confident in your ability to learn. When I first started freelancing, I, I knew little more than the fact that I had a decent eye for design. I'd messed around with WordPress a little bit. I'd kind of taken a few courses on Code Academy for HTML and CSS. And yet somehow I was able to find plenty of people to trust me to build their websites. And you're like, Chris, you lied to them. No, that's not what happened. I was completely honest with where I was at with my clients. So how can that be true? When, when people hire you, they don't want you to know everything there is to know about what they're asking you to do. That's pretty unrealistic. And most people know that. And if a client doesn't know that, they're likely going to be a horrible client and you should just say no to them right off the bat. But people do want to know that you're confident enough in yourself that you're going to be able to figure it out or find somebody that can help you along the way. And that's exactly what I communicated when I first got started. My response to clients was normally something like, listen, all this sounds great. Here's the reality. I've never worked with this kind of technology before, but I'm confident I'll be able to figure it out and deliver exactly what you need from me. And if not, I'll definitely be able to pull someone in on the project to help me. Sometimes clients would say thank you, but no thanks at that point. But more times than not, clients would be thankful that I was honest with them and they would keep moving ahead with me on the project. And here's this funny thing that happens when you're honest with clients or potential clients about your limitations. They actually trust you more and they're more likely to say yes to you. There's a story I just recently read of the CEO and co-founder of Babel. His name is Rufus Griscom. I think I'm saying his name right. But the story goes that when he was first pitching Babel to investors, he just tried to make it look amazing. He tried to make it look like it was a sure thing that if you invest in money in Babel, then you were for sure going to get it all back and then some. But nobody invested after he would pitch this way. So what he started to do was start each pitch by outlining three reasons why people shouldn't invest in Babel. And what happened was he got more folks to invest by pitching that way than by the other way. And why is that? Is because folks almost always are trying to look for the thing that you are hiding from them. And so if you come to a client and you're actually honest and say, listen, I don't know how to do A, B, or C, you've helped them 
realize you're not trying to pull a fast one on them. You're not trying to make it seem like you're the best decision they've ever made in their life. No, people are reasonable. So be honest and confident that no matter what your limitations are, you will be able to figure it out. Repeat after me. Me and Google can figure this out. Just keep saying it until it really starts to sink in. You know, the truth is, is that being a good web designer or web developer is not about knowing everything. It is about knowing how to get the information that you need to fill in the gaps between what you know and what you don't know. So number two, be confident in your ability to learn. Number three, copy, copy, and copy some more. I'm always surprised when new freelancers are shocked when they learn that almost every project I do starts with finding somebody else's design and then copying it. You might even be shocked that I'm telling you this right now on a podcast for everybody to hear. But think about it this way. When somebody first starts learning an instrument, do they sit down and try writing a song? Of course not. They take someone else's song and they try to master it. And eventually, you take that song and you start putting a little bit your, of your own spin on it. You start emphasizing notes over here and de-emphasizing notes over here and speeding up on this section and slowing it down and maybe you know changing up some of the notes in this one part. And eventually, you go on to start writing your own stuff. And the same is true for web design. And I've talked about this before, but you don't start out just creating original pieces. You start out by finding somebody else's work and doing your best to copy it while making small adjustments as you go. One of my favorite movies is an old one. It's called Finding Forrester, okay? It's with good old Sean Connery. And Sean Connery is a housebound writer who's famous for a novel he wrote a long time ago. And he begins tutoring a young student who turns out to be somewhat of a prodigy himself. One day, the young student, Jamal, is actually having trouble finding something to write about. So Connery takes out one of his old pieces and tells Jamal to use that to get him started. And this little bit of advice was enough to get the ball rolling for Jamal and helps him to overcome his writer's block. And the same can be true as a web designer. And the bottom line is there's no shame in finding a template that you like and giving it your own spin. It's not unprofessional. I've heard it before that good artists copy, but great artists steal. And I think that's even attributed to Pablo Picasso, who I'm not even sure really said that, which is funny and ironic as well. Now, a few great places that I go to to find inspiration are Dribble and then awards, A-W-W-W-A-R-D-S.com and Pinterest. I'm on there all the time looking for inspiration for my next project. I want to take a second and tell you about a free course that I have available at selfmadewebdesigner.com. Over 1,000 people have been through this course, and I am talking about the Web Designer Starter Kit course. I map out in four videos that you get through email all the steps that I took to get to where I am as a web designer. And I went from knowing absolutely nothing. I, I was clueless 
to in two years doubling my income with a freelance web design side hustle. I made this because I know you can be successful doing the same thing. And the Web Designer Starter Kit course is the first step for you on your journey to being a successful, thriving freelance web designer or having a full-time career. So I can't wait for you to check it out. Go to selfmadewebdesigner.com and sign up today. Number four, find your cheerleader. It's so important to find a person or a community of people to help support you along the way. Creative work can be downright torture at times. One minute you feel like you've got it all figured out and the next minute you just feel like quitting. It looks something like a roller coaster. Like you start out with this idea and then you're like, this idea is amazing and I'm amazing and everything is wonderful. But then you slowly begin to look at it a little bit more closely and you're like, wow, this actually, this sucks. <laughs> and then a little bit of time goes by and you're like, you know what? Not only does this suck, but I suck. And then you, you give it a little bit more time. You step back from it and you start going, okay, maybe this is okay if I change some things here and I do a few things here. And then you go along and you're like, all right, this is good. I was being too hard on myself. This is fine. And, and this is true for every single creative person or developer or designer that I know. This process happens on almost every single project. That's why when you get to the point where you start saying things like, I suck and I should quit and I should have never tried to do this in the first place, you need somebody in your corner going, no, just keep going. You can do this. And if it's me, if it's this podcast every week, I'm grateful to be that for you because I've had those folks in my own life. My wife, for, for instance, is my biggest cheerleader. Before I was hired at Show It, they actually had me do a couple of test projects. This is very normal for any tech company that you get hired at. They're not just gonna interview you and say, okay, I trust that you can do what you say you're gonna do. They're gonna give you a few test projects to see how you do. So I got a technical project, a development project, and I got a creative project, which was a design project. The technical project was just creating some custom fields in WordPress and doing like an about the team template that was somewhat straightforward. I'd kind of done some stuff like that before, so I was pretty confident that I can do that despite not having a ton of familiarity with it. But the creative project was something I had never done before. They asked me to, to design a t-shirt and the t-shirt needed to be somewhat drawn, like like. I'd never drawn since the sixth grade. And so when they gave me that project, I freaked out, like seriously had a meltdown. I even turned to my wife and I said, I can't do this. I should just email the guy who is now my boss and tell him, I'm sorry, but I'm not up for the task. But in that moment, Sarah came and said, you've done things that you didn't know how to do before and you can do it again. And her confidence in me helped me to keep going. You need a Sarah in your life and you can't have my Sarah because she's mine, okay? You need somebody like Sarah in your life that when you get in those low moments, they're a little bit of clarity for you when it comes to encouragement. They tell you to keep going. They tell you to press through. They tell you not 
to quit because you're going to figure it out. And sure enough, the end of the story is that I kept going and they hired me and I'm still there to this day. I love my job. I love the people that I work with. But if Sarah had not been there, if my cheerleader had not been there to encourage me, this would probably be a lot different of a story. So you need a cheerleader. And the other added benefit of having cheerleaders in your life is that sometimes you've got cheerleaders that know how to do the thing that you don't quite know how to do. And I've had plenty of folks, other mentors and web developers and web designers who have come alongside me when I've had questions and have said, here, this is what you would do. Or most times, even though they might not necessarily know how to do the thing that I'm asking help for, they'll say, this is how you figure out how to do that thing. And so it's really important that you find somebody who can be that for you. So the question typically comes after I tell somebody to find a cheerleader is, I, I don't have a cheerleader in my life and I don't know where to look. How do I find one? Well, this is where you start making friends. And there's a few ways that you can do this. There are plenty of meetup groups that are around the topics that we talk about here on Self-Made Web Designer. We talk about web design, we talk about web development, we talk about WordPress and Upwork. There are meetup groups for anything that you would look for on the internet, okay? They are out there. You've just gotta do a little bit of looking. And then you've gotta show up. You can't expect to go to one or two of these meetings and find a cheerleader. You've got to show up consistently. You've got to put yourself out there and you've got to try to be the cheerleader for somebody else first. Like if you go up to somebody and say, hey, would you please be my cheerleader? Like that's awkward. Okay. Like nobody's going to say that yes to that. They're going to think you're a stalker or they're going to run away from you instantly. No, you've got to make a friend and then you've got to be that cheerleader for them. But what happens is if you do that enough, if you become the cheerleader enough in somebody else's life, you will not lack having your own cheerleader for the things that you are going through. So find a group, show up consistently, determine to be somebody else's cheerleader, and it will come back around to you, I guarantee it. Number five, and the last little tidbit on how to fake it till you make it as a freelance web designer, work in the clouds. When I worked on the creative team at my church, we would have planning meetings for the big productions that we would put on. And so if you're not familiar with the church world, big productions are like Christmas and Easter and, and other big holidays like that. And, and listen, they were a lot of fun. When we were planning for Christmas services, for instance, the director of the creative department that I was a part of would string up Christmas lights and turn on It's a Wonderful Life and turn on Christmas music and have eggnog. But the thing was, this was during July. We had to plan for Christmas well before it actually happened. So it was in the middle of summer in Arizona. And we had to do things like that to get ourselves in the mindset to think about Christmas creatively. And something else we did was make sure to communicate every thought that we had, whether or not we thought it was a good thought or a bad thought whether we thought somebody would think it's stupid or not, we weren't allowed to hold back. And here's why. Because sometimes our own self-critic will keep us from doing our best work. I'm gonna say that again because that sounds really good and I need to hear that for myself. Sometimes our own self-critic will keep us from doing our best 
work. When you're first getting started, it can be really easy to second guess yourself. And I'm just going to say, no matter where you are in your journey, it's really easy to second guess yourself. This is why the imposter syndrome is such a popular topic on podcasts. That's why it's important to go with whatever thoughts come to your mind. And here's what happens. You don't stick with the first idea you have, but that idea translates to a better idea. And that then turns into a better idea. And that turns into the final idea that you actually stick with. And it all started because you didn't keep yourself from going with your first bad idea. So turn off your inner critic and just put something down. Don't ask for feedback. Don't, don't look back at it, rereading it or re-looking at it or doing small, minute little changes like one pixel here and one pixel there that actually don't mean anything. Just put something down and keep going. If you start even with a bad idea, it will help to get the creative juices flowing and it will help you get to a really good idea eventually if you just stick with it long enough. Listen, I wish I could say that you're going to get to a point in your career as a freelancer, web designer, or web developer where you feel like you've got it all figured out. And to be honest, listen, you do get more confident as you go. Eventually, problems that took you an hour to Google aren't taking you as long because you're figuring out systems, you're figuring out how things work, and you're even figuring out how to learn things yourself, how to ask the right questions. So it does get easier, but here's the thing. Just because it gets easier doesn't mean that it's easier. <laughs> I know that sounds kind of contradictory, but here's what happens. Things get easier on a certain level, but you keep being given harder and harder tasks. And you keep saying yes to stuff that is just slightly out of your comfort zone. It's slightly out of that level of risk aversion that you are used to. And listen, it would honestly be a bad sign if you didn't struggle a little bit with every project that you said yes to. Because it's only through struggle that you actually find growth. I've written about this before. There's actually no such thing as growth without struggle. But eventually you look back at what you used to be really challenged by and you kind of giggle because you're able to do that now in your sleep. So my suggestion to you would be to get used to the idea of feeling out of your debt. That's actually not a bad place to live. As long as you've got a few strategies up your sleeve to help you along the way. Things like knowing what your risk aversion level is, being confident in your ability to learn, copying other people and then making it your own, doing things like finding a cheerleader or a group of cheerleaders in your life to help you along the way, and finally working in the clouds, being creative and letting those creative juices flow. If you do that, you will be able to fake it until you quite literally make it. Well, hey, I hope that this podcast has been encouraging for you this week. I hope you got a little bit of fire under you that even if you feel like you don't got what it takes to be a freelancer or a web designer or make it to that next level, you can do this because everybody is in the same boat as you are. Next week is going to be a lot of fun as well because it always is because, well, you're here and you're awesome. So keep going, keep faking it until you make it. And don't forget, if you don't quit, you win. <laughs>